Welcome to Bite Size Dental Marketing. Today I have Brandy Hooker Evans. Brandy got her master's degree in health education from Idaho State University. She was president of Idaho Dental Hygienist Association and currently president of Stellar Outcomes. Brandy, we were talking on the pre-show. You did all of that while raising a wonderful family. And I would love to know your origin story of what brought you into dental and how'd you end up here? Well, I fell in love with dentistry as a kid. I grew up with my uncle as my dentist and my aunt was the assistant in the front office gal. And they were in a little town called Nyssa, Oregon, and I'm from Payette, Idaho. So I would get to go to Nyssa, Oregon, stay the night with my grandmother, go see my aunt and uncle to get my teeth cleaned and checked and all the good things. And then after the delicious foam fluoride trays, my grandma would take me to the local M&W market for donuts. So that is where I first fell in love with dentistry, if you can believe the oxymoron coming out of that story. But I decided I wanted to be a dental hygienist when I was in the eighth grade, and I've been taking one next best step since then. Sweet. Now, what led you to start stellar outcomes was there a moment was there an epiphany was it just a, a rising tide yeah so in 2014 i was moving across the i live in the state of idaho and i was moving essentially home to go be with my family my grandpa was in the end stage of alzheimer's disease and so i wanted to enjoy life with him and be there for my grandmother um, I was a single mom at the time and my parents are over there. So I just had this amazing reason to get over to the other side of the state. Meanwhile, in Pocatello, I'd had this incredible opportunity to design and implement a dental hygiene program for a brand new practice from the beginning. And along the way, I'd been given so many learning opportunities, both where I had succeeded and failed for my own patients. And I had learned that there was a better way to provide care than the one that I learned in school and the one that I had created for this office. And so the universe kept giving me opportunities to learn more through continuing education classes for trying new things out with my patients. And I realized as I was getting ready to move that a full-time clinical position was no longer my calling, that I had to figure out a way to share these incredible tools that I had acquired with other people so that they could have healthier patients, better days at work, and more fun with their teammates while they were at it. As you've evolved through Stellar Outcomes, what have you seen as the shifts in the, the hygiene marketplace of today? Well, that is a can of worms. Let's pop it open and see which ones we can straighten out and which ones are just gonna keep crawling around for another yeah. day. So in the last couple of years, we've had some tremendous changes occur. We endured the shutdown of 2020 and lost a tremendous amount of the dental hygiene workforce. Depending on which um, resource you use, we lost about 7.5% of the entire workforce. And the students that are coming out of the schools right now are not only of a different generation, so therefore there's that difficulty of transitioning them into this workforce with us other 
generation type people, but they also went to school during a very different time and don't mm -hmm. necessarily have all the tools that they need to take off running like we once did. So it means a reduced workforce and it means a very different culture across the board from start to finish. So what does that mean for employers? Well, it's really hard to find a dental hygienist right now if you need one. Have you seen that with your teams that you work with? I don't know that I have an office that does not struggle with, they, they like who they have, but yeah. they need more. Uh, yeah, they need more. Or cancellations. They, they either have not enough to see the patients or they have massive cancellations across the board in hygiene. Yeah. There's no in between. I feel like this is the 10 part interview, Eric, we're going to have to mm -hmm. circle mm -hmm. on this. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's focus on the part where they like the hygienist that they have, but they need more. Mm -hmm. So how do we address that? Often what I find is offices are in such a hurry that they'll just hire anyone. And then they're frustrated because there's no one because they're, they're trying to see the patients that are calling and want to come into their office, which I love. We want to take care of as many people as possible. But my invitation to you as a business owner is if you do not have enough hygienists to see the patients, just let them know that you guys are booking farther out and take a breath, take a pause because adding a team member that is going to be healthy for your team and for your patients is completely critical. And in my opinion, non-negotiable, mm -hmm. I've made this mistake as I uh, own and operate a dental practice in my town of Pocatello, Idaho with alongside my husband, who's a dentist. And we have done that we just got to get someone in situation before and it goes so poorly and it takes so much time and effort and money to train them and then when they're not a good fit the the cascade of negative events is such that it is better to just pause where you're at figure out what patients you can serve with the people that you have right now and then have a candid conversation with your team and yourself about what type of a professional you would like to add to your team. Then the hunt is on, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then yeah. you can start to find a correct or a healthy or a uh, helpful fit to your team. And I know that people are probably sweating profusely now thinking, I've just got to see all these patients. But my invitation is, I need to take great care of whoever is in my chair in this moment, and I need to protect my team so that whatever patients do come in, get exquisite care and are going to come back, which speaks to your cancellation issue. If people yeah. are having a good time and they're committed to you and they're loyal to you, that cancellation problem tapers off dramatically by itself before we even start to implement any of the coaching out of cancellations, right? Uh -huh, uh -huh. Yeah. Challenge them when they call. I mean, you know, I, yeah, I don't know what to do with that. No, I very much share the same philosophy in our company as well. I, if you think the right person is expensive, you know, wait until you get the bill for regret. There's a big movement into the temporary hygienist into the, you know, they seem to be going the, the pattern of the, the nurses with the full-time nurses and the part-time nurses and the PRNs, 
What are your views on that? Because from a marketing side, it presents a challenge for reviews. It presents a challenge for scheduling and and just overall patient experience. But I, I've I really don't understand it from you know the clinical side and and from an overall staffing standpoint uh, either. Right. Well. I love the concept of the temping agencies. I've seen a lot of good work from several of them. Uh, I have witnessed firsthand some of the contributions that TempStars is co contributing to our community. And I, and I see what they're trying to do and I love it and I really appreciate it. I think that dental hygienists, if they want to pick up extra shifts, this is a phenomenal way to do it. And if they're not sure that they're in the right place, that they don't have the right dental home, this is a great way to explore. As the business owner, this is a phenomenal way to be interviewing people that might want to join your team. So for those purposes, I really love it. What I think the gap is that could be helpful to the marketing side of things is if someone's coming in and for a temp position, I would love to see a great onboarding process that gets them prepared for the office that they're going to be at today so that whether they've been there a million times or today's their first day, any patient that comes in is going to have a great experience with them and be ready to review the office well. Now, how would a dentist communicate that? Because in my head, are they, are they sending them a video I shot on my iPhone? Do they, is there a binder that gets built? How, if I was a dentist and I am facing a, a young lady leaving on maternity, or I was facing, you know, just the general short staff and I was moving with them, how would I articulate how I wanted hygiene to run? Yeah, so I would construct, and I love your idea of just a video from your iPhone or Android. That's, that's a fantastic start because whatever we're doing with these temps, remember, has to be short and effective as well. Mm -hmm. So that forces us to focus on what is it that we're looking for and what is it that we want them to perform while they're there. So if you can take two or three minutes to outline what your practice is like, the way that it operates, what type of hygienists you would like to have and what the patient experience is expected to be, then it's an invitation with not only expectations, but clarity for those hygienists to say, oh yeah, I would like to work at that office for the day. And likewise, the hygienists should also have their own short on who they are, what they believe in, and what they would bring to the office for that day. Again, whether it's the first or the hundredth, doesn't matter. We have to operate from our place of best service and our best care for our patients and our values. And so if we can start making it normal, maybe would be a good word for it, to set the expectation coming in both direction, then we can start to match the temps with the offices. And hopefully my hope as a business owner would be I got a great temp in and then was able to hire him or her for the long term. I have to believe that even though they they say they aren't looking, I have to believe they're trying on offices to some degree and looking for a magical fit. And it's it's funny in marketing, we've gone through our evolution. For the first time ever last year, we had offices reach out to us 
to punch up their social media, not to acquire new patients, but to highlight the culture of the office uh, to help with recruiting. Right. And it's been pretty interesting to, you know, need to pivot to go down that journey. Well, it's critical because we spend so much time with our work family that if we, and, and I, I believe this is one of the blessings that's coming as we're leaving the industrialized mentality of you go to work, you clock in, you clock out, you retire and everything work-based is just that it's work-based and it's a different compartment of your life. Whereas before the industrialization and what I think we're moving into now is it doesn't matter if you're going to work or school or your family get together, we got to operate from a place of heart and purpose and abundance so that people are living better lives and not just feeling like they're, you know, working for the man and clocking in and clocking out and done with all of that. I mean, there was a lot of good things that came from that season of our human history, but I, I think we're moving on to a more purpose driven uh, employment and life living. Maybe. I definitely do not want to just go to work and go home and, and have two Eric's. I, I want to enjoy both sides and I want them to be tied together and, I, I seek that fulfillment. And I think most everyone that I work with does. And I, I think it's rare today to find someone who doesn't just wants to go to work and, and then leave. I, I think, I don't know that I've heard that in a, a decade, maybe. Now, as you dig into helping offices, I, I would love for you to dig into your approach around where you focus first and what you see as the typical, most critical piece that offices need to get right to improve overall patient care. Okay. This is my favorite question in my life's work, Eric. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share. What I've learned in my journey as a dental hygienist is that if I diagnose patients' disease, and give them a treatment plan, then I have robbed them of their autonomy as well as their commitment to their own health situation. So as a coach and a public speaker, I teach professionals how to work together to give patients the tools they need to diagnose their own disease, both dental and gingival. It's magic. So to elaborate just a little bit further, there is an assessment process that we go through as dental professionals to determine what is it that a patient needs as far as periodontal therapy and as far as caries restoration, full mouth reconstruction, all those things. So if we're speaking in terms that our patients can understand and telling them the what we're looking for as far as what is disease and what is health. By the time we get done with the assessment, we don't have to tell the patient that they have gum disease. We'll stick with that one for a minute. We don't have to tell them. They will tell us. And if someone has decided for themselves that they have gum disease, 
they now want to know what is it that I need to do about it. So instead of presenting care, instead of treatment plan selling, you are now the expert that has the tools that the patient is asking for. So someone says, oh, I have gum disease. Then I say, right you are. Here are our options. And they love it because now they don't have to decide whether or not they trust me. They don't have to decide whether or not this is a new fad in the dental world. And if Dr. Evans knows what he's talking about, no, they've looked at their own x-rays, their own perio chart. They know the difference between, between health and disease. And so then they say, what are we going to do? And you say, okay, awesome. Here's, here's our options. This is what we're going to do. And it changes the conversation, not only between us and the patient, but for the entire office. It's a completely different way of operating. And so I guess the short answer to what do I do? What do I work first as a coach? I come in, share how to do this. It's like a fishing pole. I teach everyone how to do it. And then I skedaddle on out of there. My goal is to, the, the same way I'm trying to equip my patients to make their own decisions, my goal is to equip those dental professionals with the ability to run their own show using their own personalities and strengths, but leaning into patient autonomy and letting them be accountable for their own health outcomes. Mm. When you talk about that, I think of a paradigm shift of instead of pushing something to you, I'm, 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 I'm bringing you on the journey. And what is your dream engagement around teaching that, that shift in thinking? And I would love to meet with the team, at least the first time we meet in live and living color. You cannot replace the energy of live interaction and being in someone's space and feeling the rise and fall of their emotional engagement as I'm sharing this information and teaching them how to fish and to be on their own journey, how to make it work for their own office. As far as the time commitment, I love my program. I am a continuing education provider through the American Academy of Dental Hygienists. And it takes me 10 hours to give everybody a fish and pull, show them how to use it, and then check back in on them. So my teams get 10 CE credits along with uh, their fishing poles, and, and that's it. Uh, I'm also writing a book on this process. And so my hope is that if someone picks up and reads the book or listens to it on Audible, they will likewise be able to have crafted their own fishing pole and get to work. I have a side question that I want to think, are you going to read your own book for audible? Yeah. Love. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, you author reading yeah. is the best. Yeah. There's a book that, um, it's funny you mentioned your books. I, one of my favorite things about your website was your bookshelf and what you're reading every week on Fridays. I would love 8.30 Central, we do a read of the week and we talk about what we're reading and I'm I'm reading the Netflix culture book right now. Where we have a book club at the office that's implementing that. But um, there is a book that you should add to your bookshelf and it's called, it's by Boyd Vardy and it's the Lion Tracker's Guide to Life. And he's a South African uh, gamesman and obviously he tracks lions, but he talks about 
the journey and, and all. And it's a, it's a wonderful book to add to your bookshelf. But I, I, I love that you put what you're reading out there. How do you typically overcome, you know, culturally, there's oftentimes someone in the staff that does not want to change, right? How do you handle that? I like to poke holes in what they think they know. I like to poke holes in the, what they think they know about their patients and what they think about each other. And just like I lead my patients to discover for themselves what they have going on, if I feel that someone is being resistant, I help lead them into, is this serving you? Is this helpful? Is this, is this the highest version of the care that we can provide in the office? And even if our patients choose not to comply with the care that we think is best for them, isn't it better and more in line with the oath that we took on our ethics to give them the information that they need to decide for themselves? Because that's one of the beauties about patient autonomy. If you give them the opportunity to choose and they choose differently than you would, you've released yourself from the responsibility of it. So as hygienists, we so often feel like it's our fault that our patients won't floss and we can't get through to them or they just don't care and our patients this, that, and the other are having all these issues. But the reality is, is we didn't give them what they need to make that choice for themselves. And when they do, and we know in our heart of hearts that we've given them everything that they need to pick for themselves, then it's our job to just be there for them when they're ready and not going home with that pressure and that weight of our patient's responsibility on us changes the whole game as a clinical provider. You go home with so much less emotional weight. No, I like that. I, uh, that's very well said. I have one final question. What's next for you? Where are you speaking next? How, what is the best way to get in touch with you to come have you, you know, uh, save the offices from themselves sometimes? <laughs> uh, okay. So you can find me on social media at Stellar Outcomes. My website is just my name, brandyhookerevans.com. And if you would like to email me directly, there's a link on the website or it's Stellar Outcomes at outlook.com. And my next speaking engagement is going to be a couple of study clubs in Texas. So I'll be flying down there and I will also be attending the Dental Entrepreneur Women Conference in North Carolina coming up in October. And yeah, I think the best way is just to shoot me an email or follow me on Instagram and let me know your thoughts. I'm happy to be of service to the dental community in any way possible. I really believe that we are on the precipice of such an incredibly positive change for health, for our patients, but also for ourselves as providers and humans. I, I, I believe that all of the mess that we have survived the last couple of years has put us in prime position to do it way better, have a lot more fun and feel great while we're doing it. I wholeheartedly agree. And I'll, I'll put those links in the show notes there. Well, Brandy, when you come down to Texas, please shoot me a text. I would love to meet up for a cup of coffee. And uh, thank you so much for your time. I'm, I'm really honored to have your guests, and I very much enjoyed chatting with you today. 
Thank you so much, Eric. It has been a privilege and I want you to tell Ted hello for me and I hope you have a great week.